fiction, science fiction, horror, fantasy, crime, LGBT, thriller. You have now entered the house of mystery. With your hosts, Eric Shapiro, David North Martino, John Copenhaver, and Al Warren. Heard on KCB 106.5 FM Los Angeles, 102.3 FM Riverside, and 1050 AM Palm Springs. Welcome back into the house of mystery. I'm Al Warren, and all the way from the UK, we've got our uh, on the street reporter, Kevin Stone. <laughs> Hello, how are you doing? So, what's going on? What's I'm doing good. So, what's going on over there? What's happening in the UK? Uh, weather's bad. Loads of places are flooded. Um, yeah, all, all sorts of um, uh, drama going on in the UK at the moment. But that's the normal stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And bad <laughs> cooking, of course. Bad cooking and bad. <laughs> bad weather, bad food. Yeah. I didn't mind the food anytime I've gone, but. I just eat in a pub and it's good. It's 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 not so bad when you're here. It's when you go away and you you taste some of the beautiful exotic foods around the world, and then you come back and everything just seems a little bit more bland. Yeah, yeah. But I don't mind it. Even if fish and chips or a pot pie or something or shepherd's pie. I mean, I guess that's maybe it's a novelty more. I don't know. Maybe oh, it's more exciting. Yeah. Well, you, it's the Spice Girls come from there. Yeah, that's that's true. Yeah, maybe that maybe that was an optimistic uh, idea of um, adding some spice into the UK. Yeah, you know the Spice Girls. They they took all the spice from the UK. <laughs> well, so now today we're going to find out, uh, had, you know, about sex, lies, and handwriting. We've got a top expert. So Michelle Dressbold, thank you for being here. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me, Michelle. How did you get into this line of work? Like, what what led you doing this kind of analysis? Well, I'm actually an artist. I'm a painter. I studied criminology and psychology, and I took a course in understanding people through their handwriting. Eventually, I'm from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I started to be the consultant for handwriting cases with the Pittsburgh police, And then um, we had a major murder case, and there was a handwritten note. After that, the police and DA sent me to the Secret Service, the U.S. Secret Service, and I helped them solve a case, and they liked me. And so I was invited back to study with the United States Secret Service, and um, the rest is history. I I guess if I had decided this is what I was going to do, it would never have happened. It just step-by-step I almost fell into it, and I think because I'm an artist, I have a really good eye, and I put everything together, and that's sort of how it, it all started. I guess you're probably, um, I should ask this actually, were you were you surprised by a lot of what you found out or what you were able to learn from handwriting of people? Um, I'm surprised how accurate it is. It is so accurate that as a profiling toy tool, you can tell pretty much everything about a person. And once I do talk to somebody, they will tell me everything about their life. I think that more surprises me. But I think the thing that surprises me the most is just how accurate it is and how much you can tell. 
Wow. Well, doesn't doesn't that scare you? But like if you're sitting down with someone and, and they, they write a note and you look at it and you're thinking, serial killer. Serial killer, yes. <laughs> um, I do think things like that, but I think <laughs> it it does the opposite. It keeps me less afraid because I can figure out people. And in this world, when you're dealing with so many people, it is nice to have some insight into who you're, whom you're dealing with. Yeah, I can vouch for Michelle's skills here because she's actually first-hand analyzed my handwriting <laughs> and it was 100% accuracy. Um, and um, I don't think I was a psycho according to the analysis, hopefully. Uh, if I was, she didn't tell me. I left that out. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair enough. Um, but I, I believe you've also, didn't you do something with, a, was it a suicide note or something once as well? Oh, I do, I do many things with suicide notes. Um, recently there was a case where um, a, a young man, uh, it was a big case in the United States, where a young man killed his girlfriend and then committed suicide. So I analyzed everything in his handwriting, what was going through his mind, um, and how you would really have insight into this person that people were very confused about. But um, I do look at many suicide notes, some who may not really have been written by the person and might have been a murderer. Um, so I do look at a lot of suicide notes. Yeah, I remember that, and I, I think the um, the best one that I heard that uh, was um, I, I, might, I might have been confusing the two, but there was a ransom note or something very similar, which was written by a little girl. I think you're talking about um, a ransom. Oh, a, I know it, there was a couple notes, and I'm not sure which one you're talking about, but there was a note, and it said, "Please rescue me," and it had a a, a girl's name, and Everybody thought, oh, my God, we have a kidnapped child, and it was on national news. I went into the police. I mean, I was already working with them. And I said, oh, it's probably a four- to six-year-old girl. There's, I see no danger in the handwriting. And that night, I think someone from the FBI went on national TV and said, oh, we have a kidnapped child. And I'm like, oh, my God, I hope I'm not wrong. I hope I'm not wrong. And the next day, a little five-year-old girl came in with her father and to the police department and said, I am so sorry. I wrote the note to my teddy bear and it flew out the window. We were playing a game. So when there is a note and there is tension or fear, it will show up in the handwriting. And I did not see any of that in this poor little please rescue me um, quote ransom note or whatever you want to call it. I bet you Gavin stopped writing those notes to his teddy bear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he's, um, he's still writing a few, but no. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's only since the teddy bear got a restraining order on me. Right. <laughs> I was going to say, it's a, it's a much deeper story here. But what's the hardest thing for you then? Is it like when you do an analysis like that or you make a statement about someone or some handwriting in a note or some story, and then are you worried about it not being what you think it is? No, not really. I pretty much, if I say it, if I see it, it's there. Um, I I never know what somebody's going to say or how I'm going to affect their life. and And... I've heard stories from people years after I did their handwriting how I changed their life, 
And that's something I never expected to do. What do you personally um, get from each one that you do or each time you're working in this? Is there some sort of feeling that you get from, from doing this? Is it about helping people or um, maybe explain your feelings on that? Hey, um, sometimes it's about helping somebody. Sometimes it's just about letting somebody. Sometimes I don't even know I'm helping someone. I'll give you an example. I I do a lot of events. I also do a lot of public speaking. And at one event, some woman I did her handwriting. I don't even know what I said, but afterwards she was crying. And I said to her, "Why are you crying?" And she said, "It's something you said." I said, what did I say? And she said, you said, I'm very, very smart, I'm very capable, and everybody expects me to be a high achiever, but all I really want to do is help other people. And she said, I did very well in school, I'm an attorney, everybody expected me to be a high-powered attorney, but all I want to be is a social worker. And I'm like, okay, at least you know that. And I didn't know her at the time, and I maybe a, six months later, I saw her in a coffee shop, and she came up to me. She was reading a big book, and I said, what are you doing? She goes, oh, I went back to school to be a social worker. I changed her life. Um, those are things we actually, after that, became very close friends. I never know exactly what I'm saying, how it will affect somebody. I've told people who are dating people, you stay away from this person and the reasons why, and I would say I'm always right, and they always come back to me. Um, I also, you know, help people when they're hiring people who to hire and what kind of employee would be best for their company from the handwriting. Absolutely amazing. Um, so with that in mind, you, when you said about, like, you've warned people, um, you know, of, of these kind of danger signs and red flags, would you be able to give us some kind of a, an example of what to look for in someone's handwriting that would be something that would be concern, concerning for you? Okay. Um, I'll give you just a few. Example, if you see handwriting and it's extremely angular, there's no curves at all in it, it means you're dealing with a very hard, harsh person. Um, if you see somebody, there's something called, um, it looks like a hook. Many people have it. It's it, it, it's like a hook in the handwriting, and I and I show examples of this in my book, Sex Lies in Handwriting. But that hook means that somebody will put their hooks into you, and they'll grab onto you. Um, there is a sign. It's called the Devil's Fork. It, it looks exactly like a Devil's Fork with a pitchfork. You'll see that in Vladimir Putin's handwriting. You'll see it in Ted Bundy's handwriting. Um, I'm doing something about Jack the Ripper right now for another book, and it's in that handwriting. In the most dangerous people, you will see something, and it will literally look like a pitchfork, and that's called a devil's fork. Um, so there are many examples of what I call danger signs, and when you see them, you just you don't question, you don't go maybe, you just get away. So with that pitchfork, is there, is there a common letter that um, normally where it appears, or can it just be anywhere? It can show up anywhere in any language. Um, and, well, you have to understand a little bit sometimes about a culture. If that culture believes in the devil, it will show up. If it's a culture that doesn't believe in it, you won't see it. Um, it can show up on 
anywhere in the handwriting. And and, and it's not like a, like I saw it when I saw um, Vladimir Putin's handwriting and he had the devil's fork. It was on a strange letter that I didn't even know what the letter was. And I actually asked somebody who was Russian, is this normal in Russian? They said, no. It, so it will show up anywhere. And and it just literally, you have to look at the handwriting and it literally looks like a pitchfork. I think I see that in uh, Gavin's all the yeah, time. It might be in Gavin's. I don't know. <laughs> some some sort of fork going on there. Uh, and the, the tail as well, if, I, if it's my signature. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and when you, you also, um, so we'll talk about your book, Sex, Lies, and Handwriting, right? Um, why did you... Um, do this book like what was it what was it you're hoping that readers would get out of a book like this the book is really just a fun book it's a book where i wanted to show people how logical handwriting is and why it all makes sense i mean people will come and say oh handwriting analysis isn't that like fortune telling or palm reading and i'm like no you have a choice in what you write how you write and why you write maybe right slanted or left slanted or you um, write real teeny or real large. It's a choice you're making in your head. And I wanted to show people how you read somebody's brain through the marks they make on the page. So it was really just something I thought is so interesting that I wanted to share it with the world and um, and explain in a fun way, like not in a technical way, but in a very fun, logical way, how you really can read what's going on in someone's brain through their handwriting. So now you, in this book too, now you've got this afterward now, uh, analyzing the handwriting of uh, Donald Trump. That's true. Now, how was that for you? Do you Because he's such a... Um, you know, a, a person in the in the news all the time that has has so many followers and so many haters. Like he's so extreme, right? He's not he's not um, someone that you can take lightly. And how was that for you to analyze his writing and actually publish it? Were you worried about a little bit of blowback from that? I'll give you an interesting thing about that. I am always a little worried. Um, when you go into anybody who's in politics, it's the only time you get any hate mail or anything. But I've done a lot of talks on Donald Trump's handwriting, and I say the exact same words whether I'm talking to a very liberal group or a very conservative group. I will make them actually make angles with their hand, ask them how they feel. They always will come up aggressive, angry, tough, um, hostile. Um, and if I'm talking to a more a group that doesn't like Donald Trump, they'll go, oh, yes, he's this angry, angry man, and they'll go on and on. If I'm talking to a group that happens to like Donald Trump, they'll go, oh, yes, he's fighting for America. He's tough. So I say the exact thing, which is the analysis of his handwriting, and the person who's listening can take it and interpret it however they choose. So I find that I just say what I see, and I very rarely have anybody disagree. They just accept it and put it towards whatever they want to believe or feel. It's like their perception of, of what that means, that strength is perhaps. Right. Is it a, is it a strength? Is it a fallacy? And depending on 
it's it's just very interesting because I've talked to so many groups and the reaction is always the same and they always think I said the right thing but they interpret it how they want to hear it. Yeah, that's uh, that doesn't surprise me in, in the slightest. You got the kind of confirmation bias kicking in there. Um, I, I, when I read your book, I remember. Uh, it was really, really interesting because you, you've got it almost like a quiz where you can go from a page to looking at two people's handwriting and guess which one matches up with you, you know, whether they're a killer or a, an actor or whatever. And, and I remember scoring really well in it and thinking, right, that's it, time to get last year's Christmas cards out and see who's going to stay on the Christmas list. <laughs> Did you cross anybody off? Um, I, I can't remember. I think I'm, I'm, I'm usually pretty forgiving, so I think I just left everybody on in the end. But um, I think one of the things, I'm not sure whether it was when I was speaking to you on one occasion or whether it was in the book, but I, I'm, I'm almost sure I remember you saying if they write their name a lot bigger than yours, then they consider themselves to be more significant than you or, or something along those lines. Is, is that right? Have I got that yes, right? Yes. Um, okay. I always tell people when I'm especially giving a talk, I go right down three names one person who you hate and two people who you really like and see if there's any difference almost always the person that you dislike you don't want to give them credit so you'll write their name smaller and so if somebody writes dear whatever your name is and then signs your name really teeny and then they go love and they write their name humongous they love themselves so um, it's one of the things you watch for if somebody writes your name very, very small, then they don't think much of you. What about when you write your own name really small? Okay, so <laughs> if, if how you sign your name shows a lot about you. You only sign your name for other people. You never really sign your name just when you're writing. If you sign your name large, it means you have a good outer self-image. If you sign your name you know, regular, not too much. It should be a little bigger than the rest of your handwriting. Then you're pretty self, you know, balanced. If you write your name very, very small, it means you do not want the outside world to really see you. Well, there you go. That's true. That's me. Do, do you write very small? Yes. If I'm if I'm actually writing with a pen or a pencil on paper, yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Okay. And that's why you're on radio, <laughs> not on TV. <laughs> well, yeah, there you go, you see, because uh, mm -hmm. I, I have to do it in a different way. I mm -hmm. just, you know, it's, it's, it's in my, it's on my terms. And the other thing is if you see your handwriting change, maybe you used to write your name really large and now it's getting smaller or smaller, or your whole handwriting is getting smaller and smaller. You are going through what either a physical or emotional change. There is always a reason your handwriting changes. Have you ever seen the uh, the old version of uh, Jekyll and Hyde, the movie? I, not that I, I probably, the answer Well, is he's, he's writing smooth, and as he turns into uh, Hyde or whatever, he gets, it gets really aggressive and big and all over the place. Yeah, that's how I write, you know, like the, you know, I'm writing smooth, and it gets really jagged and aggressive, and then it goes smooth again. So am I going insane? No, why don't, when you do that, why don't you see what you are writing and see what sentences are getting more jagged or, or angrier and see if in those sentences you're talking about something that actually makes you angrier. Oh, I see. So sometimes it's the subject. Sometimes it's the subject. Like it could be smooth and then let's say you're saying, 
I hate you or you're writing something that's very internally upsetting, um, it will get tighter and it will, so that's, that's, so you sometimes have to actually read where in the handwriting there's a change. Uh, that's, it's such an interesting field. So now you said you're doing stuff on Jack the Ripper and you're, and you're kind of, I guess, analyzing writing around that. It, it, do you have to put yourself in the time and place of when it was written as well to kind of get a good grasp on the person writing it? Like, you know, a hundred years ago, let's say of Jack the Ripper or so. Um, do you have to kind of go in that mind, mindset of that time of 1880s? The thing you really have to do is understand the handwriting at that time period. Example, there was a different type of handwriting 100 years ago, 50 years ago, 40 years ago, and what's they're being taught in school today. So it is helpful to understand that time period, uh, mostly because your time period where you live, where you grew up, the, your age bracket affects you as a person. So... If you, if you, I, I'd say it's not all a guessing game, meaning the more information you have, the more accurate you can be on your analysis. What are you going to do with text? You know, the modern generation. Yeah, that's text. I say boo. No, and now <laughs> then you have to learn statement analysis. Um, people still write or make marks. Uh, not as much as they used to. That is true. And actually, I, I tell people that you really should write, whether it's printing or cursive, because you will retain the information more. Texting and, and doing computer work is fine. But if you actually want to remember what you wrote and retain the information, write it with your hand. Um, you're using a different part of your brain when you write than when you type. So what do you mean by statement analysis? Like what, what, is that, what does that entail? Statement analysis is the word somebody chooses. Um, I just use an easy example. I love you, but I'm mad. I love you, but. When someone says the word but, it always erases everything that was said before. A but means erase the rest of it. If somebody's talking and say, I went to the store and then, I did this, and then we went to the bank. And all of a sudden, they change, take the I out of it. It means that's probably where they're lying. Um, so you, when you do statement analysis, it's the words somebody chooses. And again, that's your choice, and why are you choosing those words? So the, what you choose shows what's, again, going on in your head. A perfect example would actually be going back to my Christmas cards thing, um, statement analysis here is wonderful with um, somebody at the end of the card can say, love Michelle, right. or love from Michelle. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a big difference between the two, isn't there? Like kind of love from Michelle is saying, I'm sending you love, whereas love Michelle is like, love me, I don't need to be loved. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, love from, you're adding an extra word, you're actually distancing yourself a little from the love. I um I, I I love statement analysis as well. <laughs> Something else. Uh, I, th I think it was probably you that got me into that as well. Um, it's it's, a, it's fantastic. But um, going back to what we were saying before about handwriting, um, I know that there's recent advances in in like the world of psychology where 
you can walk around all day with a slump and, and it, by the end of the day you'll be depressed. And then Amy Cuddy did that thing with the power pose saying, you know, if you, if you kind of give yourself the champion's power pose um, before you're about to do something, it gives you that feel-good factor. And, and therefore your physiology can change your mood. And you, you, you say that you can pretty much do the same thing with handwriting. Is that right? Definitely. Uh, I'll give you just in one, I'll give you a couple examples. One example is if you write uphill or you stand upright, you will be happier and more confident. I've done handwriting of the top executives of many, many companies. And there's one thing in common with their writing. It always goes uphill. Uphill, what does uphill mean? It means I'm feeling good, I'm feeling up. So if you do nothing else but actually write and try to make your hearing go uphill just a little, you will actually tell your brain, I'm feeling more up. Um, if you take your T and, and then you cross it just halfway, you know, the T, horizontal T bar, you're like halfway, what does that mean? I'm following through halfway. And usually those are procrastinators. You tell that person, take that T crossing and cross it all the way firmly, and you say to yourself, I know what I want, and I'm going to get it, and I'm not going to stop until I'm fin you know, it's finished and I have what I want. You will have a much better chance of achieving your goals. It could be weight loss. Um, I used to do something where I, through handwriting, change your handwriting and get your body to what you want. And one of the things we did is cross your T all the way and don't stop until you get what, where you want to go. Um, so a physical motion with an, a, a thought in your head, the combination, if you can do both, your chances of success go up about 100%. So it's certainly worth trying. I'm going to give that a shot. Me too. I write in block capitals, so okay. that's, uh, that's You know, I'm not surprised. Why aren't you surprised that he writes in block? Block capitals are usually one, they're usually a male. Okay, very few females write in all block capitals. Some do, but very few. Um, you already told me that you sign a little bit small which means you are a little behind the scenes. <laughs> somebody who writes in block capitals is somebody who's a little afraid <laughs> to show their emotions. No offense, but <laughs> it, 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 it don't, because how things connect is one way to tell what's going on in that person's head. So the more someone writes in block capitals, the less you really know about them. So again, it's a choice you make that I want to be behind the scenes and I want to talk about you rather than quote me. Um, so that's what, sometimes people write in block capitals because they're a drafts person or an engineer or um, some types of artist and or an architect, but um, usually it's a male and they don't really like to express their feelings that much. Right. Because he's a, he's a male stripper, too. Dancer. Oh, I know. I know. I've <laughs> seen him. No. Yeah. Yeah. You see, so that makes sense, right? Michelle's always front row. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's nobody else in the audience. So, so. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> Awful person. Do, do, do doodlers, do you analyze doodlers too? Like when people that doodle a lot, is it, is yeah. it the same, it's the same sort of thing? It's the same sort of thing. I used to actually write a newspaper column, and it was called The Handwriting Doctor. It would do handwriting, and it would do interpretation of doodles. I'd interpret it, and then the person, um, I would write to them before I would put it in the paper, and I would say, this is what I'm saying your doodle means. Can you give us some insight? And it was always right. Your doodles, there's a difference between someone, an easy one, doodling hearts versus doodling crossbones and skulls um but if you doodle and it's really hard into the page you obviously have a lot of tension um more curves are a little more feminine um so but your doodles of what you're doodling if you really look at it it, it expresses a lot of what's going on inside your mind so if it's just a mess and all over the place that's just <laughs> yeah it's fun i mean Doodles are so much fun because they show so much about you. Mine's pretty messy, so um, mm. there it says it all. And all over you the place. You know what? Me messy. People sometimes say to me, oh, I'm messy. You don't want to look at my handwriting. And I sometimes go, messy shows creativity. Messy shows somebody who's not always following all the strict rules and is actually more inventive, more creative, and more intelligent. Um, was it you who told me, Michelle, that sometimes if handwriting is really, really, really neat, that that person can actually be on borderline psychopathic because of the fact that they're a people pleaser and, and kind of, I can't, I can't remember exactly how you said it, but you, they're trying to control everything they do or something along those lines. But Yes. Can you, uh, can you refresh my memory? <laughs> yes. Um, you don't want handwriting. There's handwriting that is so neat that it almost looks like a machine made it. Or, and there's no, those are people who have to have a perfect outside. They could be falling apart on the inside, but on the outside, they are so afraid anybody's going to really see who they are. So it's a facade. It's like a fake front. So you really don't want to, that doesn't mean a, a beautiful handwriting is bad, but it's this too perfect. It looks too perfect. That person can't be spontaneous. They can't really show you. They do not want to show you who they are. So they put up this fake, pretty facade. Also, some people who have that perfect handwriting, they are so frightened that they'll lose control and maybe their life is out of control or what's going on in their house or home is beyond their control. And so they do control their handwriting to make it so perfect because they don't want anybody to see that things are not going perfectly in their life. Um, sometimes you have a lot of abuse victims, and many of them, their handwriting will look overly perfect. Wow, so like a, like a Stepford, Stepford wife type kind of exterior. But yes. Crumbling. Yes, like an exterior where on the outside, um, oh, everything's perfect. Oh, we live a perfect life. My family's perfect. Everybody's perfect. And it's anything but perfect. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. So what is it someone should look out for? Or should they? Like, do you, do you think that, um, like, they're, they're going on a date or they're meeting someone or they're doing something? And, uh, like you said, you, even for jobs and stuff, what are the key things that people should be afraid of? Okay, well, I'll give you an example, and then I'll show you, t I'll talk about a few other things. 
a friend of mine, um, people who know me at this point, they never date anybody without showing me the handwriting. <laughs> uh, a friend of mine went on a date. Well, I guess he paid the check or a sign. She snapped a picture of his signature, and she said, what do I think about him? I said, well, if you want to get beaten up, he's fine. And um, as it turns out, she did one of those background checks, and he did have a history of abuse. Um, the things you want to look for are if it's, okay, some, one of the things is if it's the person writes so deep that it cuts through the page, and you can read it like four, four or five pages down, that means when that person gets mad, you better watch out. So that's one thing. Um, if the person makes a lot of X's in their handwriting where they don't belong, it means they think about being self-destructive and or other forms of destruction. Um, I'm trying to think of some others. Many times it's a combination of one and two and three. If you have like uh, an A or O, and the more, I call it junk inside that A or O, like they make a, a A and there's a lot of junk words on the top or little loops all over the place or cut through it. It means when they talk, they are not always telling the truth. Um, the biggest thing that you, the easiest thing to look for is if somebody writes numbers and their numbers, you go, is that a six? Is that an eight? Wait, I'm not sure if that's a seven or a one. Those are your embezzlers and your con artists. And, um, you know, I know it sounds like, oh yeah, sure, but I mean, I have not, I have seen embezzler after embezzler con artist of con artist handwriting, and it is it's a hundred percent. If you see it, doesn't if you see it, they are a con artist. That not all con artists have it, but everybody who does that is a con artist. And and the pitchfork, of course, we have to watch the out for that. The pitchfork. Another thing is, let's just say somebody writes. And then you think you can read it, but if you keep taking words out of context and you cannot read what that word is, now it can happen once, but if you read every third word, you actually, if you took it out of context, you can't read it. That is also a con artist because, again, it shows what's going on in the person's mind. And what is that person's mind? They're trying to look like they're talking to you but they're actually trying to be ambiguous and, and deceive you. So seeing handwriting where it doesn't mean it's sloppy, it doesn't mean that they just do a line, it's like it looks like you can read it, but in, out of context you cannot. Those are also strong signs of a con artist. Yeah, I remember seeing that in your book where uh, you, I think I'm, I'm sure you showed a sample, and it was pretty much illegible when you, when you're trying to read it as a single single word. But then when you put it into the the whole sentence, you're like ah, now I know what it means and what it should have said. Said yeah, I, I was, that was really interesting. Right. I, I love, love the book. <laughs> oh, thank you, thank you. Um, yes, that's that's really fun because you really believe you're reading it, and it's sort of like a when you meet a con artist. They give you a few things that are all true, like you, you can read them, and you just sort of glide over the things that don't make sense to you. So, as I said, you're reading somebody's brain, and they don't mean to say, oh, every third word I'm going to make illegible, but that's how their brain works. So you're just reading their brain prints on a piece of paper. 
Well, we have Vladimir Putin on the other line right now to talk. Oh, hi, Vlad. (laughs) (laughs) Talk about the pitchfork here thing, Mm -hmm. and what you're trying to say. Uh, What what that? I guess in a in a way, what you're doing is you're you're really kind of profiling a person from their writing. Right. I call it um, personality profiling through handwriting, and that's really what I call it. Um, It's a wonderful way to profile people people it's a wonderful toll and the more you know about it actually the more fascinating it becomes wow so what do you uh, yourself how how does this affect your day-to-day life you must be really involved in in all sorts of writing and stuff so how does that how does that work with you i mean what's it like dating Oh. Michelle, <laughs> or... you, you, it's not easy. Um, <laughs> not, well, I'll give you an example from quite a while ago. Um, I went out. I guess it's just one or one time with some guy. He seemed, we had talked on the phone for a while. He seemed fine, and um, when I met him, he made sure to hide his handwriting. Like, what is he hiding? And just because someone hides their handwriting, that in itself tells you something. And it turns out, I think he was supposedly divorced, and he actually wasn't, and there was all this other stuff. And I knew it when he wouldn't let me look at his handwriting because I thought, okay, what is he hiding? And he was hiding a lot. As a whole, I try not to look at people's handwriting that I'm friendly with. I'm not saying when I first meet them, but once I'm friendly, I try not to look at their handwriting because I feel like I'm invading their privacy because actually I can tell so much about a person that, um, and I don't always want to be their psychiatrist. Um, But (laughs) it is, um, I'll give you another example. Uh, A girlfriend of mine, years ago used to make me look at her handwriting all the time and then one time she said oh look at my handwriting I'm thinking why because is it going to change it's never all of a sudden it had all these they're called phallic symbols and that's exactly what they are and they were all in her handwriting I said why all of a sudden do you have phallic symbols and she said oh my boyfriend from high school came into town and we've had this affair all weekend and and then he left town, and those phallic symbols went away. Um, so <laughs> the things will come and go in people's handwriting, depending on what they're going through. Do you think she noticed it But before you said something? She did not notice it, but I noticed it right away. Right. So it sort of happens. We just sort of react subconsciously? or Yes. Yeah, you don't know you're doing these things. You're very unaware Um I would say the one good thing to be aware of is if your handwriting is changing. Let's say you always had a level or uphill handwriting, and all of a sudden it or slowly it starts to go downhill, which means you're getting depressed. It's a first sign that something is wrong, and you can take some control. Oh, wait, I am depressed. Or um, if you see somebody and they used to write their signature nice and clear and now their signature is becoming an X, it means they're becoming more self-destructive. Um, so it is a very interesting tool. I mean, if somebody is ill, one of the first ways you can tell is through their handwriting. Why? What happens? just gets really soft? Or... Well, there's different kinds of things that can happen. I did a study with the a cardiologist, and uh, we were able, 
to determine who from the handwriting had tumors, where the tumors were located. Um, I actually, diag you know, I not on purpose diagnosed somebody and told them they had something wrong with the midsection of their body, and they didn't believe me, which was okay. And then six months later, when they got an x-ray, turned out they had a tumor the size of a grapefruit growing on their kidney. And the only reason the man um, had the, them x-ray him when he was sick was said, this handwriting person said there's something with the wrong with the midsection of my body. Give me an x-ray. And that saved his life. Um, so your brain is actually smart. You know, it's so smart. It knows what's going on before you do. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. Mm -hmm. You know, Gavin's been writing really weird phallic symbols. <laughs> I don't know what's going on there? Oh, hey, hey, Gavin, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've got to be careful. <laughs> Has there been anybody's handwriting that you've read or you come across that really surprised you? Like you knew who they were? in an image of somewhat or what they did, like, you know, let's say a, a doctor, or you could even take a celebrity and you see who they are and you kind of have an, I, you know, a thought of who that person is. And then when you see their handwriting, it's completely not what it should have been or what you think it would be. Um, I can give you something from quite a while ago. Um, there was a, um, I think his name was John Edwards and his apologist was a politician here in the United States. I was writing something about him for a, an article, and I actually at that time really liked him and thought he was a very good candidate. But his D in Edwards started to slant very, very, very far to the right. When your D, a last letter D especially, um, slants far to the right, it means that you have lost emotional control. You're like falling over emotionally. And I, it's, it's, um, actually called a diabolical D. And I talked at that time to my editor and I said, Oh my God, I thought I liked John Edwards, but I can, I can never vote for him with this diabolical D. I wonder why he has it. And then, Maybe he was supposedly very happily married and seemed like a really nice guy. And it turned out that he had a, quote, mistress who was pregnant and had just had a baby and they were hiding the baby. And and so all that came out in the news like a month or two after I said, why does he have this diabolical D in his handwriting? So there are times when I do see something and I'm like, oh, my God, I didn't want to expect that from this person but I always say the handwriting never lies. And, you know, if you see it, there's a reason. I just went and grabbed my other notebook. And, uh, yeah, I'm looking at here. Although my writing does go pretty much uphill, I go through all the lines kind of angularly, kind of uh, taking absolutely no notice of the, the lines that are meant to guide me, um, keep me straight on the page. It's probably, you're probably pretty analytical. And that's another you know, that's what it sounds like. So that shows somebody who's analytical. Right. And, and he's analytical with phallic symbols. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, we won't touch that one. We won't go there. <laughs> no. So listen, so um, how do people find you and find your book and all that stuff? Do you have a website? Do you do social media, TikTok? Like where, where do they find Michelle? I do have a website www.michelle, M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E, 
My last name, Dressful, like a girl's dress and brave and bold with one S, D-R-E-S-B-O-L-D.com, MichelleDressbold.com. Um, I have a website. Um, I do some social media. I'm not enough. I need to get better at it. If someone out there wants to help me with it, I'd be happy. And um, But the best way to reach me is michelledressful.com, and you can get my book on Amazon pretty much anywhere throughout the world, and it's called Sex, Lies, and Handwriting. Oh, there you have it. <laughs> you, you said it. I don't have to. You got it made. But we'll have all that up on our website, too, so okay. people can find it. And um, so are you happy with the way the book turned out and kind of looking back at it now? Are you going to do another one, do you think? Um, I'm actually working on a novel right now called The Devil's Fork. Um, I just pretty much finished the edits, um, and it's a novel, but it does deal with handwriting, and it does with it, it's about the story using the real handwritten letters of Jack the Ripper. So that's the book that is my new novel, but it's not out yet, but um. I hope it will be out soon, and I was very happy with the way Sex, Lives, and Handwriting came out, and I really have high hopes for The Devil's Fork, which we've already told you what that's about, yeah. um, and and actually that my main suspect of Jack the Ripper, right in his handwriting, is The Devil's Fork. Well, there you go. That's So Putin was Jack the Ripper, too. No, not quite. But he could have been. <laughs> well, yeah. And so, do you know? Do you know um, Michael Hawley? Then, right? I've met him. I not met him. I know. Oh, I've written to him, and he's written to me. Um, he seems very, very nice. I do not know him, but I know he had a book out, and we actually think very similarly in our findings. Yeah, yeah. He's one of the co-hosts. Uh, I've known him for years. Oh, well, he's he seems like a very intelligent, wonderful person. So if he ever wants to talk, I'd be happy to talk to him. Well, I wouldn't go that far. Okay. But, we'll no, he's a, really, he's a really, really nice guy. He really Yeah, is. he seems nice. He's pretty genuine. I, I like him a lot. He's, mm -hmm. he's, he's a pretty, pretty super guy. So Yeah, he seems that way. Yeah, 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 yeah. You'd, you'd probably like talking to him. I don't know. He goes to England for those Jack the Ripper things every year. Uh, he hasn't, I guess, because of the COVID and all that. But maybe next year he'll go back at it. Okay. Yeah i i have I have read some of his uh, materials, and I actually agree with pretty much everything he says. We're on the same track, and um, I think he's pretty right on. Well, there you go. Now we know. Now we know. Well, we appreciate you being on the show. So everyone, go out and find out about sex, lies, and handwriting. Michelle Dressbolt, thank you for being here. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. And anytime if somebody's in the news and you want me to look at their handwriting, I'm happy to do it. Wow, brilliant. You've been listening to the House of Mystery radio show. To find out more about our guests, hosts, or shows, go to www.houseofmystery.com. Show is over for now. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Well, good night. This has been a production of Something Weird Media. I'll be back.